The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Welcome back to The Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum. For today's episode, we are going to be discussing and previewing the Cleveland Browns, the Giants' Week 15 matchup, a game that will be played on Sunday Night Football. Two teams that are fighting for playoff Births, the ability to continue playing after the regular season. This game has the utmost importance for both squads. Big reason why it was flexed into that Sunday night spot. We're going to talk about some of the key things you need to know, some things that you maybe haven't heard of when it comes to this Brown squad and how to be fully prepared when watching this game on Sunday night football. But Chris, I want to open up today by talking about something that's not directly related to the Browns, but something that stuck out to me when I was watching the Tennessee Titans play the Cleveland Browns. And now the Titans did not play very well that game, and and they got beaten a bit handedly by the Browns. But watching this, this Titans team made me start to realize that is the trajectory that the Giants should be pushing towards in terms of quality of teams. And if you look at the Titans under Mike Vrabel, they've been very consistent, competitive teams. Not They don't always have to be a 13-win squad, but they've always been one of the worst teams that you want to face in a playoff situation, in a must-win situation. They have come to play, and they've shocked a lot of teams. And the reason why I believe that this giant squad, and the reason why I want to talk about this, should be working towards that, is they have the, the building blocks of becoming a team like the Titans. They have a very likable coach, a coach that all of the players have rallied around. They have established that they can run the ball well, and once Saquon Barkley comes back, you're going to have a stud star running back, a quarterback who maybe isn't the most traitsy quarterback, that is the most talented quarterback in the NFL. But if you use your offense effectively and build around what he does best, you can get really good play out of Daniel Jones. And then the last bit is even if you don't have the same guys every single year defensively, 
I think you can aspire to have what the Titans have is being a really well-coached group that is consistently very, very hard to move the ball against. Yeah, you know, I think right now the big difference between the Titans and the Giants, you know, they they are both a tough defensive matchups. They can both run the ball. But the big difference right now is at the quarterback position with the difference between Ryan Tannehill and Daniel Jones, where they are in their respective careers. And also at the wide receiver position, you know, AJ Brown, Corey Davis, those guys are just really great even though underrated wide receivers. They can do a lot to help out their offense. They give opposing defenses a really big problem to worry about, and that helps make the Titans running game that much more consistent because teams might want to stack the box against Derrick Henry. That does leave them open to to getting beat deep by one of those two wide receivers. And then having a player who can play as consistently and efficiently as Ryan Tannehill to get those guys the ball. Those are the two areas where I think the Giants have to keep working towards, keep improving to get to where the Titans are. And anything can happen in the next few years, but that's just something that popped in my head when watching the Browns play the Titans, because that, again, is something that the Giants are currently working towards. And the base layer that we've seen that has been so successful already, despite this being a losing team, the base that's been laid out has been promising. And I think that that is something that's realistic, that the Giants could eventually become a consistent, tough team that is hard to beat and will show up every single week. Getting into talking about this Browns team, though, so we don't spend too much time on talking about some other teams that aren't involved in this weekend's game, we have to uh, first pivot our focus to Baker Mayfield, the man who had to have been one of the more polarizing first overall picks in recent memory because his traits don't match that of a typical first overall pick and started a a strange trend for teams to be drawn towards Oklahoma quarterbacks. And one thing we've seen from Baker Mayfield this year is we've seen him a lot more calmed down since last year. He's playing in the perfect offensive system since Kevin Stefanski has taken over the team. It's very run-oriented. It doesn't ask Baker Mayfield to play hero ball like it did last year, and now he's doing very, very well because a lot more pressure has been alleviated and taken off his shoulders. Yeah, I have to admit, I am a Baker fan. The folks who will you know look back, remember to what I wrote, the quarterback deep dives I did uh, with some input from Mark Schofield, you know, back during that, that draft process, I actually made the leap to make Baker my number one overall player on my board right after the Oklahoma State game, that rivalry game. And I never really looked back from that. And I am a fan of Baker's. I like the way he plays the game. He doesn't have the measurables that teams normally look for from the quarterback position. I don't think, kind of like Kyler Murray, I don't think Bill Parcells would have looked at him twice. You know, he's too short. He's got, you know, his demeanor isn't the uh, calm game manager. He's a very, I, I suppose we could say, fiery player. Now that he is in a system that allows him to play to his strengths, he is, like you say, much improved. He is able to take advantage of that quick release, the quick feet he has, and able to use all of his weapons and lean on the running game when he has to. 
Speaking of leaning on that running game, the success we've seen from Baker Mayfield, as I've already said, a big reason why he's doing a lot better this year is because he is being supported by two of the best running backs in the NFL. Specifically, I would argue the best running back duo right now in the league, that being Nick Chubb, who is their grinded out style running back that has the home run hitting potential. If you leave a little bit of a crease, he has that breakaway speed. He has the vision to find the holes in the the zone running scheme that they like to run. And then they also have Kareem Hunt, who has played more as the space player, the third down specialist, the receiving back. They use both of them very creatively. And that is, again, why their offense is doing very, very well this year. They have a, a strong focus on running the football. And they're doing so well because they have two very, very talented players taking over that role. Yeah, and it also does help that they're, they have poured resources into fixing, uh, rebuilding their offensive line, and pretty much every one of them has paid off so far. But you know, just speaking specifically about the duo of Chubb and Hunt, they complement each other very well. They are both explosive, powerful backs. They are both difficult to bring down. And the areas where one might not be at his best, the other one is capable of producing. Yeah, Chubb, right now, there's the there is an argument that he is the best running back in the NFL. He's certainly in the top three or five. Yeah, he is. He has that ability to grind it out. He's kind of like a souped-up version of Wayne Gallman. He's a bit bigger, a bit faster, a bit stronger. He's very efficient behind the line of scrimmage. He doesn't dance around. He doesn't waste any time. He's got good vision and patience, so he can wait for that offensive line to open up a hole, and then he hits it very hard, and he is very, very difficult to bring down. Kareem Hunt, you know, we've seen him going back to Kansas City where he has great vision, really, really good contact balance, and if you get him in space, he can make you pay for it. That's the big key, though, is that vision. He does not waste any time he doesn't hesitate. He finds the hole that he likes. He is not overly aggressive and tries to rush things. And that's what makes Chubb so talented. That needs to be the, the main focus, I would argue, for this Giants defensive line is slowing down and clogging up those rushing lanes so Chubb does not have a decision to make. And that's a that's something that's easier said than done, but it, it's something that needs to be focused on. And I'm willing to bet that's what Patrick Graham right now is scheming up that they're trying to make Baker Mayfield the one that they uh, that has to beat the Giants. He needs to be the one that wins the game for them, not because of Chubb and not because of Hunt. And speaking on what works so well and why their rushing attack has been so consistent and averaging 156 rush yards per game, which is an astounding statistic in the modern NFL. What has been so good for them is efficiently running really good zone running schemes and zone running plays. They're not strictly a zone run team, but they just do it so well because they have a fantastic run blocking group. This offensive line is built for the very specific task of opening up rushing lanes, grinding things out on the ground, and running the ball very effectively. They have put together one of the best offensive lines in the NFL right now. And it's not just because of 
early draft picks like Jedrick Wills, but guys that are lesser known like Wyatt Teller. Overall, the whole group across the board has been very dangerous, and the Giants' defensive line needs to come to play facing off against them. Yeah, absolutely. And mentioning Wyatt Teller, he had been uh, injured. He hadn't been on the field. He was just activated for their game you know, as we record last night against Baltimore, which was frankly, an incredible game. So he's going to get that extra week of practice. He's going to be a little bit healthier when they line up against the Giants. But you know, from left to right, with Wills all the way over to Jack Conklin, they are athletic. They are very good run blockers. They're good pass protectors as well. And they are very powerful and very tough. And you know, we talk about the zone running scheme. They execute that very well, but they also execute the inside zone well, and they can create movement straight ahead in man gap schemes. And they make use of all of those. You know, they aren't like the old uh, Mike Shanahan running teams where they are just playing outside zone. That's what they're best at, but that is not what they are limited to. And then they use that to really set up the entire rest of their offense. Yeah, that's the big key here is the fact that they run the ball so well is one thing. There's teams that run the ball well and they can't really do anything else. But the way that they use their run game to then set up defenses to overextend themselves to stop their aggressive rushing attack is what makes the group very hard to stop. They're very good at setting up play action and passes because a lot of defenses are forced to stack the box. If you look at the formations that they like to run, they're very tight formations, multiple tight ends, not a lot of outside receivers. Everything is very close together. That opens up having eight guys in the box on any given play, plays to be available on the outside, near the boundary, near the sideline for them to push it where there's not really that many players. And they have some decent playmakers on the outside. Nothing, nothing to really shout home about. But what has made Baker Mayfield a lot more consistent this year is the fact that he he doesn't have as much complicated situations to decipher. It's everybody's in the box, and we're going to get the ball out really quickly, and it's going to be towards the sideline, towards the open, strong side of the field, and we're going to pick up 20 yards because you guys are trying to stop our run game so bad. Yeah, in a lot of ways, you know, you can see Kevin Stefanski's coaching lineage. He was quarterback's coach under Pat Shermer for a while. In fact, the Giants, when Pat Shermer was their head coach, really, really wanted Kevin Stefanski to be their offensive coordinator. But Minnesota just wouldn't let him interview. You know, they wouldn't let him go because they knew how good he was. You know, they Cleveland wasn't able to pry him out until they were able to offer him a head coaching job, which Minnesota couldn't block. And it has some of those same hallmarks as Shermer's offense. It's very quarterback friendly. It does a really good job of scheming receivers open, creating conflicts, finding voids in coverage, creating voids in coverage, and putting receivers in positions where the defense just isn't. And they also do a good job of kind of disguising their intentions. You know, you talk about play action. They also have a very strong uh, screen game where they can get... David Njoku, one of these running backs, uh, Jarvis Landry, they can get these guys the ball in space with good blocking from this offensive line, and it looks for all the world like a running play. Uh, one of their first plays against Baltimore was 
a screen to David and Joku where he sets up blocking and then releases. And Baltimore, despite being a good, well-coached defense, just keeps thinking, run. And they're able to get Joku the ball for a pretty easy 15, 20-yard pickup in the middle of the field. And what things makes things a little bit optimistic for me, Chris, and actually it's it's kind of ironic me saying this because you just brought up how they were able to fake a well-disciplined defense out like Baltimore, but I, I'm, I'm hoping that this is a game where Patrick Graham is able to keep everybody focused and centered that they're not overplaying certain things and overreacting to certain things because that's been a strong suit. It's been a well-disciplined group that typically doesn't bite on a lot of things. We, I, we're going to have to see if Graham does prepare the defense for a lot of these things well enough and if they're able to slow some of these things down. Hitting on some of the weaknesses and discussing what has hindered this offense in some of their weaker performances they have some ball security issues, and then the big thing for me, they don't really have the talent at receiver to consistently gash opposing defenses. A lot of this offense is based on needing the run game to work, and if you do an effective job of not overcommitting to the run and still being able to slow it down at the very least, it's not too hard to slow down the receivers because besides Jarvis Landry, who's not exactly having a all pro season 728 yards decent quality performance he's a good receiver the rest of the guys behind him are just not that good the number one number two receiver sorry Rashard Higgins he's an okay receiver very inconsistent there's nobody in that group that has good consistent hands that scares me and of course you know Chris I mean I'm probably saying that right now and Rashard Higgins is going to go for 200 yards but nobody scares me out of the out of this receiving group yeah, if it isn't Rashard Higgins, it'll be Donovan Peoples-Jones who puts up a, <laughs> who has a monster day. But you know, just on paper, you're right. This is not a scary group out of Jarvis Landry, who is he's a good, dependable receiver, but I would say more of a possession receiver than a big play threat. This this is a very different receiving core, which this feels very familiar saying this is a very different receiving core without Odell Beckham Jr. on the field but you could say that about a lot of receiving cores and we have said that about the Giants receiving core slowing down stopping that running game that is what Tennessee did but the problem is in that game even though Mayfield took some criticism he still he was still able to complete I think about 75 percent of his passes and have four passing touchdowns so saying stop the run and we can you know suffocate their offense that's easier said than done because Mayfield he isn't the revelation of a quarterback that I think some people kind of hoped he would be but he is kind of a difficult quarterback to defend because you don't expect him to to move as well as he does you know he only ran a 4840 but you know He's quicker than that on the field. He is a he takes advantage of, we'll say, having a naturally low center of gravity to be a very quick quarterback. He's quick in the pocket. He can make defenders miss. He's tough to tackle, and he does have some scrambling ability. He can make you pay if you take your eyes off of him and a running lane opens up. And as a passer, he has a very quick release. He is able to get the ball out quickly on the move and he has really good placement like he can put the ball 
where only his guy has a chance of getting it. And that I think does help to elevate his receivers and make him difficult to defend. Yeah. That the thing with Mayfield is that he is a bit of a mixed bag in terms of what you get because he's not easy to tackle. He does have a little bit of mobility in him. He's not easy to rally and bring down, but because he's not very fast, like a Kyler Murray or a Lamar Jackson, who are going to be much difficult, more difficult matchups. Kyler was obviously a difficult matchup. He's a little bit easier to contain and to to keep within a, a certain distance. One thing that we do see from him, some of the issues that he has, he tends to get a little bit ahead of himself, and he's also one of those guys that is hyper aggressive with his decision making and his throwing. That is what leads to a lot of his mistakes. And now this year is a lot cleaner than it was last year. He's only thrown eight interceptions, but those turnovers, if you can force him to turn the ball over, he will make those mistakes. If you bait him into making those decisions, he very much will make those mistakes. Uh, yeah, and you know, that I actually have down is really one of the weaknesses of the Browns' offense is that Baker can be baited. He can get playing too fast uh he did throw an interception against baltimore in which an edge rusher i think it was uh matt juden faked a rush dropped off into zone coverage and even though bear was looking right at him he either didn't see him or said you know what i can fit it into that i can fit the ball through the eye of that needle and i can make that throw and that is where he gets himself into trouble because as good a passer as he is, sometimes he isn't quite as good as he thinks he is. And getting quarterbacks into that situa- those situations have been one of the strengths of the Giants' defense. That's something James Bradbury and Logan Ryan are very good at, at making receivers look open until they are not. So if the Giants are going to really slow down the Brown's passing game, that might be the best way to do it. We're going to transition to talking about this Brown's defense. Before we do so, folks, we're just going to take a short break and we will be back very soon. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If we have to bring up the two names to know, it's worth noting first that this is a a very cohesive group that works well together. But the two most talented players on the Browns defense, obviously Miles Garrett. Garrett is a player that requires a different level of attention. And and Denzel Ward is the other one, who is a very, very highly drafted player. When fully healthy, he's fully capable of shutting down whoever your top receiver is. 
but right now did not play against the Ravens, is expected to practice this week. Not a guarantee that he's at 100%. He might be playing this game at like 85, 90%. But when discussing Miles Garrett, though, I just I want to hit on this really quick. He is a pass rusher that needs to be paid attention to. Similar to what we saw the Giants do when facing Chase Young, who the second time they played him, they were able to lock him down pretty good. They didn't shut him down completely, but they locked him down pretty good. And and people joked about how the Giants had to give three guys worth of attention towards Chase Young. And I, I understand that that's a little bit crazy, but you might have to do that from time to time. Two guys, double teams. You can't leave Miles Garrett on an island with Cam Fleming and Andrew Thomas. Like that is just a recipe for disaster. Yeah, if Garrett gets a one-on-one matchup against those guys, he is probably going to feast. Yeah, he is what I think Washington is hoping Chase Young turns into. They were very similar players coming out of college. You know, big, long, athletic freaks of pass rushers, guys who at the college level could take over games simply by rolling out of bed. You know, they are just different kinds of players than the offensive tackles they were going against at the college level. At the NFL level, they've had to develop the the nuances of their game, the technique aspects of their game. And Garrett has done that. He is a fully developed edge rusher. He is, as you say, a, a game wrecker. And he has that ability to defeat to pretty easily defeat one-on-one blocks he is a problem when he is double teamed and that really does free up things for the rest of their defensive front which they're strong from left to right yeah that's the key thing here is the strength that they have not only just one guy it's actually interesting that we brought up Chase Young because the Washington football team defense is reminiscent in terms of just overall depth across the board and and quality players across the board to what Cleveland has. That group that, that the Browns are rolling out here with is strong at every single spot. It's not just one guy. It's not just Miles Garrett who's running out there and getting all the sack production. You've got Garrett on one end. You've got former Giant Olivier Vernon on the other And then what makes things, and I think that this is the key strength for the group, what makes things so complicated for this defense is that they're strong in the middle. They've got one of the best veteran defensive tackles in Sheldon Richardson, and then Larry Ogunjobi has has been a talented player early on in his career. They've got the right group set up that they're able to create some serious disruption, clog those lanes. It's not going to be an easy group to run the ball against, and I know that that is currently the emphasis for this Giants offense. They are going to need to come and play their A game, especially the offensive line, if they want to continue that trend of having a 150 yards per game. I think a lot of Giants fans are kind of dismissive against Olivier Vernon, but he is a much better player when he has an alpha pass rusher to play off of. Uh, he had two sacks last night against the Ravens, and you know, Lamar Jackson is not an easy quarterback to sack. Vernon is still a very high motor, good technique, high effort player. He's solid against the run. He can set a good edge and he can be disruptive when offenses aren't focusing on him. And then with 
Sheldon Richardson, Larry Ogunjobi, Miles Garrett, offenses can't focus on him. And those two defensive tackles, you know, neither one is as big and beefy as any of the Giants defensive tackles, but they're both very athletic, very explosive defensive tackles. You know, even at the age of 30, Sheldon Richardson is still a problem for interior offensive lineman. He has a really good first step. He's got good technique. He can create movement. He can get guys moving backwards. And any one of these guys really does deserve a double team. And that causes a lot of headaches for offensive lines. That gives them a good pass rush and it makes them very stout against the run. And then, you know, there's another giant former giant on the field in bj goodson who is a good run defender in his own right he comes downhill very hard and he is a good tackler and he is very good at filling those gaps and really cleaning up after this off uh, after this defensive line that defensive line is going to be one that needs to be focused on in install throughout the entirety of this week it needs to be a a, a key thing for the game plan because that is going to be something that's difficult. That's going to be a really tough part in this game. It's something that you need to pay attention to, really. You are you might be in, in parts frustrated, like, well, why, why can't they run the ball? Well, they can't run the ball. They might not be able to run the ball in certain parts because this Browns interior group and over, overall defensive line has been their strong suit. But a, a counterpoint to that, Chris, what has actually been a weakness for them their run defense, which is only allowing 114 yards per game, that's a pretty good metric. Not top 10, I believe, but that is a a very good metric to have. Because they're so good at stopping the run, you actually see a lot. It popped up to me on tape, and this isn't, this isn't something that like I just strictly look for, but immediately the first play that I saw this happen, I kept watching and watching to see if it kept happening again. On play-action plays... B.J. Goodson and Mac Wilson have a very detrimental tendency to overbite on, on these play-action plays. They go hard on any fake that they see, and they assume it's going to be a run. And that, frankly, needs to be something that the Giants should be prepared for. We saw them get away from this play-action passing game against the Cardinals. But I think that you need to hammer that. You need to come out and run the ball and continue to have that success. But if if this is a group that is overly aggressive in stopping the run, a lot of your yards are going to be picked up because those linebackers vacate the middle of the field and you can hit a guy like Evan Ingram or Darius Slayton or even you know Golden Tate. Any of your guys, if you, if you push them across the middle of the field, you can pick up some easy 10 yards, 7 yards, whatever it is, because they over-pursue. Yeah, I would say even test that early. First play of the game, you have a play-action pass. See if the Browns are going to just make stopping the Giants' run game their only priority in this game. And you, you don't need to strictly run the ball to set up play action. You can you can have play action if your offensive line just sells the run well. Uh, defenses are pretty much hardwired to defend the run first when they see what looks like a running play. And in that case, it really just comes down to can your receivers beat the the guys covering them? And I, that I think will come down to really whether or not the linebackers vacate 
the middle of the field and just how healthy Denzel Ward is. I really believe that that should be, and I think it will be, the the focus for the game plan is attacking that tendency, attacking that weakness. If Jason Garrett wants to pick up some yardage for a Daniel Jones that is struggling a little bit to, to get back to full strength, I think that Garrett is going to try and force that stuff and try and run a lot more play action than maybe he typically does just based on that. We'll have to see how things turn out, and we'll have to see what the focus ends up being offensively for this group but this again very important game for the Giants a must win situation as they are closing out on trying to make the playoffs and winning the NFC East things are going to be a lot more difficult for them if they can't win this game and instead have to beat the Ravens or conversely just hope that the Washington football team loses out for the remainder of their record and the Giants end up beating the Cowboys A lot of things are going to come into play here for these final weeks, and it starts this week against the Browns on Sunday Night Football. Stay tuned for that, and also stay tuned after the game, immediately after, maybe on Monday morning, for our reactions from the game and our thoughts on our Quick Take show. Please also follow us on social media, at Jody Leone, at RaptorMKII, and also at Big Blue View on Twitter and Instagram. Also head to BigBlueView.com for more Giants news and analysis. We'll talk to you on Saturday, folks, for our next scouting report episode.